Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. We're back this week with our 42nd episode, chatting about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. We've got three fascinating news stories to talk about this week that I imagine Kelly particularly will get excited about. So we're talking about the Microsoft email exchange hack, which is worldwide. So it'll be really interesting to discover a little bit more about that. The Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy disclosing personal email addresses, and that will be through a very typical admin error. And thirdly, the hack of 150,000 security cameras. So why don't you kick off Kelly with the Microsoft email exchange hack. Thank you. So anyone that listened to last week's podcast would have heard me talk slash rant about the SolarWinds statewide hack and it being a password issue. This week there has been another global hack of exchange servers by they're not sure whether or not it's Russian or China but essentially there are a number of state hackers that have accessed vulnerabilities within the Microsoft Exchange server which they call a zero day attack which essentially is they found a known vulnerability that Microsoft don't know how to plug therefore day zero is the day that you're aware that the hacks happened and the vulnerability has been identified right what's really interesting is that you know the governments in the US are feeling particularly under attack at the moment because of the solar winds and they're asking really to say come on we must be doing better than this but from a UK perspective the National Cybersecurity center which monitors us as as a country has said that it's about 500 email servers in the uk that have been affected and ESET, who are also a kind of similar to anti uh, kind of an antivirus security vendor have said the same and what they said is that there are companies out there that may not know they've been affected by this because microsoft have been slowly pushing out the update. So I would say to anybody that's running an exchange server, I would contact either your internal IT if they're not already aware, or I would ask you to contact your IT supplier and ask them to establish whether or not you've potentially been affected by this, because it is a massive attack and that the updates are only now slowly being pushed out. And I think the thing that I noticed was uh, that they said that obviously, if you've already been affected, patching won't sort out the vulnerability. So it's absolutely key that organisations do apply the software update and the patch to make sure the security issue is dealt with. But it's really important that organisations identify whether or not their exchange server has been affected or not so that then they can take the appropriate actions to get rid of the the issue and make sure that they can oust whoever's accessing the server from their systems because I think there's a, a fear that there's going to be a risk of mass ransomware attacks following this because if somebody's got access to the system then they can through the exchange server they can link to other areas of the business deal data encrypt it so you can't get access to it demand money so the risks there for all organizations and i think that was the thing that kind of struck them sort of slightly differently to the solar winds attack was that it's not just the big us government or big organizations that have been affected because there are more medium-sized businesses that also use exchange servers and smaller organizations as well so i mean you've got the european banking authority has been affected which um, is quite uh, significant and you know it's probably down to you know smaller businesses as well so I think where you've got IT support or if you haven't and you're not sure I would that you get in touch with IT experts support experts to really ask them to help you and and make sure that you haven't been affected so that your business data and your personal data isn't put at risk. 
And what I would say is that I don't know if I've personally been affected because of who supplies me with my personal email account, but I contacted my email supplier today to say, I checked my emails last night and I realized that I only have emails that go back till tomorrow morning, which really worries me because I've got a significant number of emails in my account that I'm about to move into my folders because I'm a bit of a nerd. But I contacted my email vendor and I was like, what's gone on? Because I've not changed anything. So have I been somehow affected by what's going on? Do you run exchange servers as part of your control of issuing emails and could that have affected me so if you've known any, looked at seen anything dodgy you know contact even from a personal perspective contact your email supplier you know you might have been affected so that's just a personal note it, it might just be you know someone's done something special with my email account and i can kick off at them or it <laughs> might be directly connected to this which links really nicely into the next story about the department for business energy and industrial strategy i'm gonna let you talk about this joyous email era regina so once again we have the age-old issue of uh, the use of carbon copy the cc field instead of the bcc field blind carbon copy and it's so so important to review and think about when it's appropriate to use one or the other and clearly in this case they've got it very very wrong. So what happened was in the new year honours list they have essentially contacted the great and the good of the business world around not just you know the UK but the world you know global companies who have a presence in the UK essentially giving them guidance on how to nominate their staff for place in the new year's honours list and to invite them to a webinar to understand to demystify how it goes and what they should be saying and that type of thing. So essentially trying to get nominations into that New Year's Honours list. Now, you know, it includes huge, huge companies and their their leading CEOs, you know, the, the big chiefs, board members, the people, you know, Sainsbury's, Amazon, Deliveroo, you know, there's, there's, there's some questions being asked about who and why some of these companies have been included, particularly around some of the stories that have occurred over the past year in relation to the lockdown and the nature of their business and tax affairs in the UK, which is, you know, the journalists querying why they're included. But if you think about, you know, the fact that all of these people, hundreds of companies, very senior people copied in on a CC, you know, that personal data you know you know who then those people in those positions are you know if it gets it's obviously been copied to somebody who's a complained and b notified the press about it they have the department of business energy and industrial strategy tried to address it by recalling the email asking people to delete it which is pretty much all they can do but obviously once it's out there it's out there and if you've got companies who you know if you've got director of marketing on there what temptation not that they should they would be wrong in using that list However, what a temptation with all that list of individuals to use it for other purposes that you shouldn't anyway. You've released that information and identified those individuals to all of the other people on that list and really shouldn't have done so. And it is definitely in breach of GDPR. And I think the, the article said that it's not it's personal email addresses. So I read that to be that there are potentially people's own email addresses, not just necessarily their work email addresses. And I thought, well, that's even a bigger issue if you happen to obtain someone's you know, personal Gmail account, especially as some of the people that have been contacted are no longer in post the company that they've been contacted for. So that's a little bit of an accuracy issue. So batting back over to you, Regina, what, what do you feel about that kind of inaccurate information being used? 
I think it just shows, you know, you've got, and again, linking through to the previous story, if those companies haven't removed access from those individuals, you know, you've got a risk that those individuals potentially could still be accessing their emails. Why, you know, these when somebody leaves a senior post like that across big organisation, some of whom have moved from, I mean, one of them was a senior person at Sainsbury's who's now on the Test and Trace programme. I'm pretty sure the government must know that. How have their databases not been updated to reflect that, that current information they're using? And it's not just about how you use the data, and clearly they've used it inappropriately here, but there is an accuracy issue. And that's one of the principles of data protection. You should have accurate and up-to-date data. Where's the process around, you know, somebody senior, a big organisation that we engage with, and I'm sure they engage with them more than once a year about the New Year's Honours. Why have they not updated that information? Why has that not been cascaded around the business to make sure that information that's needed to be known is going to the right people? Particularly if those individuals are, you know, if they move around... There could be certain sectors or sort of key information others that the government might be communicating with them about. And it could be the wrong information going into the wrong individual because it's not relevant to them anymore. You know, it's just it's really, really, really poor. And um, clearly some staff training is needed there. And you know, it's a little bit late after the closing the stable door after the horse has bolted, you know, to try and do the, the recall because everybody will click on the email when they see a recall and they'll go what's in this why are they recalling it because there's always that uh, that little bit of interest and i think two things on that always remember to delete so it's not just delete it from your inbox delete it actually from your trash can because it's officially uh, gone and the second thing i would i would recall is that this is not the first time the honors list has been disclosed because if you will remember christmas in 2019 i think it was boxing day the honors list got published in an excel spreadsheet with complete details on the web so this is not a one-off situation in this department it has happened before a different issue but still with data protection so i think the point you made about training regina is absolutely perfect is like how often do you educate your staff about this and are they going to learn from this mistake because it will happen again unless you try and train and reinforce the messages of bcc rather than cc which i think is quite basic but clearly i might be asking too much yes and so uh, time is pressing on so the final story that we said we we're going to talk about comes back to another hack so i think it's quite an interesting kind of combination because we've obviously got massive worldwide hack an internal issue and then this one is really looking at a company that provides security cameras to organizations again all around the world and those camera systems have been hacked by again i think they think it's someone from china who's essentially said that they've done it for a little bit of kind of anti-government anti you know kind of privacy you know, pro-privacy kind of not being watched and surveyed but, but also for a bit of fun because you can which is you know sometimes that's the motivation it's like they want to see what they can do and what boundaries can be pushed so you know in terms of the details of the story what was it that intrigued you about it i think for me it was the fact that we're talking uh, about 150,000 up to 150,000 cameras that have been affected but they've looked at cameras in prisons cameras uh, at hospitals cameras in, in police forces and they have shared information about you don't know the context of what's happened but it doesn't necessarily put uh, people in the hospitals in a good position it shows a group of people trying to um, hold someone down you don't know that situation you just see the dramatic picture thinking oh that's a bit odd I think there's someone that's being treated in a prison and uh, in a police interrogation but it's also kind of access schools as well mm -hmm. not 
just the kind of the big kind of government you have got schools and one of them was unfortunately a school that was affected by a gun incident in america so i would argue that anyone that thinks it's fun to hack into school cameras might want to revalue or reassess what they mean by fun. For sure. But, but I think for me, it was the hackers apparently they have made use of a super admin account and possibly it doesn't, it hasn't said it, but something there's clearly some vulnerabilities around that super admin accounts that they've been able to find a way in to the cameras. Again, if you are using cameras, how do you make sure that you haven't been hacked? You know, if you are notified that you have been hacked, what are you going to do? And hopefully, from the other thing I'd consider is, do people know that these cameras are in place? You know, so yeah. it's been hacked, which is is terrible. You know, and it's clearly vulnerabilities. But are the people that have been recorded aware that those cameras are in place and are recording them? Because if they're not, then that clearly is a privacy issue as well. So it was just really big stories for me that people who want to hack are not necessarily bothered about the size of the organization they will find ways to find vulnerabilities either to create chaos or because it's just a bit of fun to them but the effect is quite significant on us as companies and um, individuals absolutely and i think maybe what we could uh, pick up on might be um, a story that just saw the headlines so all needs to do a bit more reading but about the white hackers, so the ones who are hacking for good and maybe shine a little bit of a light on, on what they're doing and their approach to finding those vulnerabilities before the people who are doing it for malicious or naughty reasons are doing it. So, And obviously we've come into the end of today's uh, recording, but if, you are, if you've seen stories that you want us to talk about, you can email us at thecoffee at dbxuk.com. Let us know what you want us to chat about. We can always talk for 15 minutes as you know but it was fun to talk about these stories um even though the incidents themselves were not fun but um thanks for um another a great conversation regina thank you